Chapter Nine of Tinkle the Trick Pony. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Natalia. Tinkle the Trick Pony by Richard Barnum. Chapter Nine. Tinkle in the Circus. What does all this mean? Thought Tinkle to himself as he got up off the pile of bags in the moving van and tried to stand. But he found that the motion of the big wagon, as it was rapidly driven away, toppled him about so that it was easier to lie down than to stay on his feet. So Tinkle stretched out on the bags and tried to think what it all meant. His eyes were getting used to the dark now, and he could see, dimly, that he was in some place like his box stall. Only it was not as nice, and Tinkle could not smell any sweet hair roads. I wonder if they can be taking me where George is, thought Tinkle for he had greatly missed the little boy and his sister who were accustomed to ride him or drive him about on and on the moving van with tinkle long locked inside the horses pulling the big wagon of course did not know they were taking a little pony away from his home even if they had known there was nothing they could have done poor tinkle felt very sad and lonely it was the first time anything like this had ever happened to him up on the seat the two men were talking well we got the trick pony all right said the red-haired one yes but if the folks who own him find out we have him they'll have us arrested said the short man oh they'll never find out no one saw us take him nobody but us knows that he's in this van and will soon be far enough away we can make money on this pony on and on the moving van rumbled farther and farther away and pretty soon tinkle locked inside began to feel hungry he got up intending to go about looking for something to eat but the van tossed and tilted so on the rough road that tinkle was thrown against the side and bruised i guess i had better stay lying down he said but i am very thirsty it was hot shut up inside the big wagon and tinkle thought longingly of the trough of cool drinking water in the stable yard and wished he were back there the men who had taken tinkle away made the horses drawing the van hurry along so they were very soon out of the city where the Farleys lived. They drove along a country road, and just as night was coming on, they came to another city where they had their stable and where they kept the van. Well, let's see how the pony stood the trip, said the red-headed man as he opened the big inn doors. He seems to be all right, replied the other. He held up a lantern and looked inside. Tinkle got up from his bed on the old backs. He saw the open doors, and he smelled hay and oats though the smell was not as good as that which had come from his stable at home. Lift him out, and we'll put him in one of the stalls, said the red-haired man. But Tinkle did not wait to be lifted out. He knew how to jump, and giving a leap, he was quickly on the ground. Then, as he did not like the place where he was, nor the men who had taken him from his nice home, Tinkle tried to run away. But the men were too quick for him. One of them caught him by the mane and the other by the nose, pinching so that it hurt Tinkle. Look out, he's a lively chap, cried the short man. He wants to get away. Yes, we must put a halter on him and tie him in the stall, said the other. Tinkle again tried hard to get away, but could not. If he had been a big, strong horse, he might have broken loose from the men. But as I have said, he was not much bigger than a large Newfoundland dog. The men easily held him and led him into the barn. This stable was not all like the nice place in which tinkle had lived when he was the pet of george the straw on the floor was not clean and when tinkle was given a pail of water after he had been tied in the stall the water was not clean either 
Still, Tinkle was so thirsty that he drank it. Then he felt a little better. But, oh, how he did want his own nice clean box stall. For now he found himself in an ordinary stall, such as the other horses used. The manger was too high for him to eat from, but one of the men brought a low box and put some hay in it. There, he can eat out of that, I guess, said the man. We'll likely sell him in a couple of days if we can find someone to buy him. He ought to bring in some money if he can do tricks. Poor Tinkle did not understand or pay much attention to this talk. He was too hungry, and though the hay was not so sweet as that he had got at home, he still munched it. Suddenly he heard a voice speaking in a language he understood. Hello in there, was called to him. Are you a new horse? I'm a pony, was the answer Tinkle made. Who are you, if you please? Ha, ah, you're polite anyhow, which is more than I can say of some of the horses in the stable, went on the voice. Where did you come from, anyhow? I belong to a boy named George, answered Tinkle, to George and his sister Mabel. I don't know where I am, nor why I was brought here. I didn't want to come. I'd rather be back in my own home. Oh, ho, exclaimed the voice, and by the light of the lantern hanging in the stable, Tinkle could see that it was a horse in the next stall that was speaking to him. Oh, ho, if you stay here long, you'll find there are lots of things you don't want to do. I don't want to pull a heavy moving van around the streets all day, but I have to, said the horse, and he gave something like a groan. Do all the horses here do that? asked Tinkle, who felt very sad. Most of us, answered his new friend. Some horses haul big wagons loaded with hay and feed, and the men don't give us any too much to eat, either. Sometimes when I'm drawing a load of hay, I'm so hungry that I could just eat nearly all that is piled on the wagon. You won't like it here a bit. Oh, what's the use of making trouble? asked a horse in the stall on the other side of Tinkle. He's here and he'll have to stay. Yes, I guess he will, agreed the first horse. But I don't see what kind of work he can do. He isn't big enough to be hitched up with any of us. And if he was, he couldn't pull the smallest moving van men have. I can pull a pony cart, said Tinkle, who did not like the other horses to think he was of no use in the world. Ha, ah, pony cart, exclaimed one horse whose hide was covered with mud. You'll find no pony carts around here. Dump carts, more likely. I've been hauling dirt in dump carts all day long, and I'm so tired I can hardly stand, and there's a big sore on my back, too. I'm sorry for that, said Tinkle kindly. If Patrick were here, he'd put something on it to make it better. Who's Patrick? asked the dirt cart horse. Is he one of us? Patrick is the coachman who taught me to do tricks for George, the little boy, asked. Mr. Tinkle, and he felt rather proud as he said this. "'Tricks, is it?' laughed the horse who had first spoken. "'You'll have no time for tricks here. "'You must belong in the circus. "'Tricks, indeed.' "'I wish I could go to the circus,' said Tinker eagerly. "'I've heard of Tum-Tum, the jolly elephant. "'He's in the circus.' "'Well, eat your supper and be thankful for what you have,' said the dump-cart horse. "'I hope they don't work me so hard tomorrow. "'If they do, I'll try to run away, though that isn't much use.' "'And the horse kept on with his supper of hay.' Tinkle was very sad and lonesome. It was not at all nice in the stable where he was tied. It was dirty and did not smell good. The horses around him, though kindly, were poor, hard-working animals and were not like the sleek prince and other horses in Mr. Farley's stable. The men who owned the workhorses seldom took the time to use the curry comb or brush on them. If a horse fell down in the dirt, as they often did from pulling two heavy loads, the dirt stayed on until it dried and blew off. 
For several days, Tinkle was kept tied in the stable. The men could not use him on any of their heavy wagons, and there was no time for him to do his tricks, and no pony cart for him to ride children about him. Poor Tinkle felt very bad, and many, many times he wished himself back in his old home. As best as he could in his stall, Tinkle practiced the tricks he had learned from Jordan and Patrick. He bowed and did a little jumping, but not much, as his stall was too small. And one day, when Tinkle was practicing his bowing trick, the redhead man suddenly happened to come into the stable. Oh ho, he cried, I forgot about that pony doing tricks. We must try to sell him and get the money. I wonder who would buy him. I know, said the other man, coming into the stable just then. Who would? asked the red-haired man. The circus people, was the answer. The big circus came to the city today. I have been down on the circus just now with a load of hay for the elephants. I saw some little ponies there, and I asked one of the circus men if they ever bought extra ones. He said they did sometimes, and he said they needed a new trick pony. Just now, as one of theirs is sick. That may be just the chance we're looking for, cried the red-haired man. Good, said the other. We'll take this pony to the circus and sell him. Through the city streets, one of the men led Tinkle, and before long, the pony heard music playing. He looked up and saw the big white tents with the gay fluttering flags. This must be the circus Dido the dancing bear told me about, Tinkle said to himself. I wonder if I shall meet Tum-Tum, the jolly elephant. Here's my trick pony my partner was telling you about, announced the red-haired man to a man who came out of a tent where many ponies and horses were eating their dinners. Can he do tricks? asked the circus man. Well, I've seen him make bows and jump. I don't know what else he can do. I'll soon find out, stated the circus man. He looks like a good pony. I'll buy him of you. So after some talk, the money was paid over, and then Tinkle belonged to the circus. I wonder what will happen to me now, thought Tinkle, and many strange things were to happen. I'm going to tell you about them. End of chapter 9